0: All right, folks, I think I messed up my recording, but uh, I'm already halfway through my walk, and maybe this, maybe that was a good practice session, practice run. So um, we're out walking, it's only 75 degrees. Saw a few dogs on the way already, and um, we saw, what was the name of that dog again? <laughs> If I had it recorded, you would have known what it was. I did have it recorded, but I lost the recording somehow. I don't know. I'm learning the app, learning the app. What a bummer. Um, that dog's name was Checkers. That's right. Checkers, Checkers, Checkers. But anyway, I haven't seen Checkers before. And it's 67 days before the NFL football season, which to me is a mental break of the end of the smoking hot Arizona heat. So. There you go. Um, I'm in Philippians 2. This is like Sunday morning sermon on the walk. Sermon on the asphalt, so to speak. And, um, yeah, Philippians 2, if you have your Bibles, you can open it up there. I read the whole thing. Myself, this morning, I had my chair time, which I didn't know was called chair time till later. But it's basically sitting down in a chair. That's why it's chair time. And reading and thinking and using your mind getting your mind renewed and praying and and being in the spirit and looking to God and so um, feeding yourself and being if you do it every day you you have the habit and you have the confidence that you can do it yourself we have the scriptures they didn't have them that's why last night we were talking about um, Charlemagne Steely Dan Kid Charlemagne and uh, how he was just um, converting the Saxons by the sword. You know, taking a sword, the sword of metal, not the sword of the spirit, and slaughtering the Zaxons. And the blood ran red in Aller, today's Aller, Germany, Aller River in Germany near, forgot the name of the town, but you can Google it. Google it, Google it, Google it, Google it. So they slaughtered a bunch of people. And Vedekund, was like his nemesis and he had to be baptized as we said so kind of crazy the Great Commission back in those days <laughs> uh, so we're walking the blood, we're going through the dust and uh, I was talking about Philippians 2 and we went the classic verses you have probably heard sermons from Philippians 2 many times about being humble be humble like Christ and I, I'm kind of seeing a. I, I feel like almost all these sermons in churches, they describe God as being a distant person. I mean, sometimes they'll give a sermon and talk about, you know, how we're, we're to have a personal relationship with God, but then they'll go on and change, change subjects and do a series on something else and, and you forget that. But that's the most essential part, is the great relationship. So that, that's key. And it turns out we have to develop it ourselves by daily moment by moment living in the spirit which is a John Ortberg thing I picked up from him on the 12 foundations foundational truths is live in the moment and and be confident in our faith and don't let others dictate what we should do so um, in Philippians 2 Philippians 2, you'll see Paul talk about obedience and how that, I feel like that's been manipulated sometimes. Like, yeah, be obedient to this church. Some dude standing up on a podium preaching about obedience. But it doesn't work because it's got to be a moment-by-moment daily thing. And um, I had some thoughts on verses like 9 and 10 where Jesus says, every knee Will bow, and so here's where there was a dispute I had that didn't get recorded. Was New American Standard Bible, which is supposedly more word accurate, like translation accuracy, says every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. And the New International Version is a little bit more ambiguous, and uses the conditional should, every knee should bow, and I'm, I'm we'll have to, I'll have to study that some more. I, th- I think I'm going with a will because it makes sense but then the next question is um, with judgment and you know today it seems like many of the Protestant churches people going to hell is a major theme and I touched on that last night that I'm not a universalist because I don't study universalism and decide yeah i'm a universalist i have opinions and the only way i'm going to be considered a universalist or a calvinist is if somebody says oh you are a universalist or oh yeah you are a calvinist or whatever you know but i don't people forget that people people can have their own opinions and come to their own conclusions and develop and you don't have to put them in a category. You don't have to say, "Oh, you're this." And I have a feeling that as soon as you do that, you kind of it's kind of a it's it's not showing love to the person because you just want to put them in a box and say, "Oh, you believe this," and blah, blah, blah. and it's like people that don't have any patience for discussions or patience for interacting with people, so they just do that. It's much easier to put people in a box and just say, "Oh, you're oh you're one of those." Instead of treating people like people, humans made in the image of God, or Latin imago Dei. And Bud, we're in a change of direction here. Where do you want to go? You want the long walk today? Looks like you want the long walk, even though the sun is up, but it's not hot. It's like 80. It's like 78 maybe now. So I was in uh, Philippians two. whole chapter but i I came this to this uh the knee and bowing the bowing of the knee and um, so again it's the concept i've been thinking about is what what didn't paul write at this point so he's talking about what seems to be the judgment at the end right i mean every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that, that's got to be the end of end of it all so the question is to me the question is so all these people we're all going to come and bow our knee confess that and uh, then Jesus is going to say to many of them, "Oh, well, thank you very much. You're still going to hell." I mean, does that does that make sense? I don't think it makes sense. So that's why I think I might be leaning towards not everybody is going to hell like that. I mean, it's just I don't think it's that helpful to have that concept. But a lot of people hang on to it like it's the most important thing, and they go to Matthew and they do the the sheep and the goat thing and separating people by sheep and goats and all that. And, of course, my opinion is like the Gospels are what Jesus taught at the time to Jewish people for the most part. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit and they didn't understand. Not even Peter understood. Even after the resurrection, Peter didn't understand and the the disciples didn't understand because right at the ascension... Jesus was like they were still going like hey you gonna bring back the uh, the kingdom at that time you know like they wanted this political on earth kingdom they just didn't get it that it's spiritual eternity and uh, that that this is grace that we have this this time and uh, yeah so Philippians if if it should bow, then the the hellions, if I want to call people hellions, <laughs> has another connotation. But in my connotation, the hellions are those that believe a large population of the, the world is just going to hell because they haven't heard the name of Jesus. That's spelled, how do I spell Jesus again? I've got to be G E E s-u-z i think jesus and uh that's just i don't know it doesn't i don't think that goes over well in england scotland and ireland when some american from the south gets up there and starts preaching about jesus so i don't know who that guy is but i don't know if i recognize Jesus (laughs) Jesus <laughs> as the same person that they're describing. Anyway, that's a podcast um, fiery topic. Um So yeah, so Philippians there's that. Now I'm gonna have to try to reference my Bible again where I screwed up the 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 recording last time. So it looked like I could go over to I'm still recording, I'm still recording. Let me see if I can come over here. Still recording. So then, my beloved verse twelve. Just as you have always obeyed, not in my as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling. So great passage, great passage. And uh Um, it's God who is at work and you so then so right after every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord so then my beloved just as you have always obeyed work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure so I'm still recording which is good And let's walk in the Spirit, walk in the Lord. He is, He can work in our lives for His good pleasure. So that's an encouragement to me. I I think about that and, like, what is my mission? What is my purpose? And I think it is the six sola. I mean, it might as well be. And it has to do with just challenging the, the way it is. And I think about these, these churches lamenting. It's like you go to some churches and they're like, well, the millennials aren't going to church anymore, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe you guys just aren't very good leaders just because you go to seminary and you, you have knowledge, which brings you back to 1 Corinthians 13, one through three, that it's not just for breakfast anymore it's not just for weddings anymore and even at the weddings they start at verse 4 where it says love is patient, love is kind. The actual most important thing in 1 Corinthians 13 to me is the first three verses which is all about how men strive to be impressive, do the things by either um, having knowledge You know, it's like if I have all knowledge and wisdom but do not have love, I'm nothing. And I think a lot of pastors focus on the knowledge and faux wisdom and don't have love. So let's have the love, people. Show me the love. Show me the love. And uh, that's what we need. So yeah, millennials probably aren't going to the church because they don't see love and they probably have an internal spiritual sensitivity that says, yeah, I think this church teaching is a lot about obedience to their beliefs, structure, statement of faith, believing their traditions. But maybe they don't believe obedience to God himself, the living God the God that um, is working in our spirits. So, and people can't articulate that, or they, they don't seem to articulate it unless you're like a new or spiritual dude who gets into vibrations and resonating with everybody. And they don't talk about Jesus all the time. Then that is the, the hard part that the... A church that's not woke, <laughs> Woke. that's a new expression, which is really for the social justice warriors out there, the people that are woke. And unfortunately, it could be a good term, woke, if it meant walking in the spirit, but instead, they're using woke as just another political social justice thing to uh, jam on people. Interesting concept. Oh, he's woke, man. Are you woke? Oh, yeah, woke, man. I'm woke because those doggone black people in America are so, they need so much reconciliation. And again, it's the American culture that can't look back on history. So did I just not learn myself last night about their church slaughtering people in Saxony to convert them and how stupid that was so people have been stupid for thousands of years it doesn't mean you have to like reconciliation it and get over it the Zaxons aren't complaining about it move on people move on live in the moment Be and it's not man that gives you the power it's God that gives you the power so that's my political bent. And I, and I think I, could, it's, I see how easy it is to succumb to that because I succumb to groupthink on both sides. There's groupthink on both sides, right? So basically there's two groups. And I, I can see people succumbing to groupthink. And it feels good to be part of a group, I guess. But it's not really that helpful when the groups are just political. It, there's one spiritual group one mind. So, there it is. One mind of love and concern. And Paul spoke to people that were in the subdominant group. Oh yeah, my other social joy, social justice warrior guy, loves to talk about the dominant group and the subdominant group. Well, the church started out as. 100% subdominant, pal. So, why don't you just embrace it? If you try to be, get the dominant group to accept the subdominant group, you're just <laughs> pissing up a rope, I think they say. I'm not, I think it's British. <clears throat> but, yeah, so dominant, subdominant, construct. It's a construct, it's a framework, right? Just to argue about stuff, and it's not even biblical. It's just, and I, it's not biblical because Paul was subdominant. He didn't give a shit. Okay, so get over yourselves, social justice warriors. <laughs> I speak with such authority, but I also speak with the transformed mind. But it's no addict. I got my black slices too. But the only way, the only way I get my black slices. My personal black slice would be um, not being confident, actually. And if someone like sticks a look at this poor um, Central American child separated from his family at the border. Oh, get the violin strings out. You're such a bad person, Michael. And yet 80% of them are coming across. Well, they could go if they were legit. They could go to a port of entry and do it legit, but they're smugglers. A lot of them were smugglers, and it's just a tragedy down there. But a lot of it has to do, unfortunately, with the media. You know, you send out a message that this is the land. The streets are paved with gold and not asphalt. And then you get, you know, desperate people doing desperate things, and are we responsible to Coddle them. I mean, is is like one month, you know, making sure and checking people out. Is that really that bad of a thing? Especially when they probably put them in an air-conditioned room with a nice bed and feed them. And what the hell? They probably <laughs> exactly. They got treated better, illegally getting here than legally doing whatever the hell they were doing before. So people do what's in their self-interest. It's biblical. Everyone does what is right in their own mind. But just don't group think people. Just don't tell everybody else what they have to do. Like we have to stop the separating families. Well, don't just, and it's funny, there's like millions of people protesting it. And yet there's probably only like a few thousand really separated or something. And they don't even know that, These people in Washington, D.C., or New Jersey, or Maine, or whatever, are protesting. They just, they're enjoying their Cheerios and milk this morning, brought to them by the U.S. of A., because that's what the government does, right or wrong. They'd be doing it, so a little too political maybe there. But it's not really too political. It's just this is me. I'm, this is the. I get to make my sermons how I want. And uh, and actually, I'm not trying to influence people to be political, but I'm trying to influence people to be spiritual, and to walk in the spirit. And witty Wimfum, That's W I T T Y question mark. What is that to you? Wimfum, which is You must follow me. And that is the great relationship. That is the last words of Jesus. (laughs) Instead of Matthew, that last part of Matthew, the last words to the disciples. No, the last words. I'll go with John chapter 21. That's. I mean, why not? I mean, all the Gospels were written like 30 or 40 years after Paul already completed the Great Commission. Oh, ho, ho, ho. did I just say that? Oh, well, in his mind he did because he thought the earth was flat. Okay, people? So if you think most of the Bible is written when everybody thought the earth was flat, like, put that in perspective. Um, so, yeah, he thought he completed the Great Commission. And that, I'm good with that. And again, we just talked about Philippians 2, that every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And so what's, what's he, what are they going to do? What's he going to do? I don't know. Is he really going to go like, okay, you're going to hell. Thanks, but you're going to hell. <laughs> That's the whole thing is we're going to be brought before God with some kind of eternal body and soul and spirit probably perfect i won't have knee pain and i don't know what it's going to be like whatever we don't know so i guess at it and try to put god in the box so um it's a short podcast because i missed half of it but i think i covered much of it in the in the br- abbreviated version with a little bit of practice i mean that's a good thing um Sunday morning, almost home. I might go to do a double header again and uh, see what we got. Um, And yeah, it's Sunday. We got one day off on Wednesday. Bit different schedule. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling what does that mean to me it's like fear of how awesome God is and that he has given us grace to believe and I'm more motivated to spread the good news thinking that people can go through this life without understanding that and Miss any kind of joy in this life. Not that this life is great or awesome, because we know it's fraught with evil and despair. But uh, the hope is we have hope. As Chuck Colson says, we, our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And the people is everyone. So, love everyone always is is a a concept on the uh, that God can work in their hearts, and they're woke. So Paul was woke when he got intercepted on the way to Damascus, about to kill a bunch of christians that were formerly jews but now believing in in uh jesus so paul was woke and he was a jew but number there's two types of people in the world that's it jews and gentiles forget the muslims the methodists the hindus the um buddhist they're all just Gentiles because they don't have the one true God interacting in their history like God did with the nation of Israel. So that is a beautiful thing. So um, folks, short podcast today because I screwed up, but that's all right. And... Uh, May that be a blessing to you. May you um, think about how does it mean to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. To me, I, I mean, I think it's not fearing man, of course, it's fearing God. And we shouldn't fear men. And I'm working through that. That's part of my journey. I need to not fear men and be free. That's... That's the, uh, yeah, and I was a little bit smart-ass in my journal about the old Dave Ramsey dude, Financial Peace University, so, yeah, my sarcasm crap leads me to starting the Spiritual Peace University, which is really, before we get financial peace, which is a bunch of crap, because you never know when, um, if you're a North Korean if you just take, for example, if you're North Korean, does Dave Ramsey do you any good? No. <laughs> but but does spiritual peace university will that do you good? Yes. So Dave Ramsey's teaching is fairly limited to the American culture. You might be able to spread it to other Western civilizations, but his crap, and I don't I don't want to study his crap too much. But his crap really only applies to, mostly to Americans, like, you know, do 401Ks, save this, do that, and blah, blah, blah. Well, all, that's all an assumption that you're an American and you have access to all this crap. Now, you probably realize, like, oh, I'd like, there's a market in Canada, man, I, or uh, England, you know, they speak English, Australia, um, English-speaking people. So let's spread this financial peace university, to everybody. But what we need is, first, spiritual peace. We don't need financial peace because we're we're not taking this with us. So he's all about the legacy. If I, I get you know he figured something out. He went bankrupt at one time and he was pissed, and figured out like he's got to change his ways and get out of debt. Well, spiritual peace just says you're out of debt, man. We're out of debt through Christ. We we have a sinful nature. We have a sinful. This is the this is the gospel now, folks. The real gospel. The one that Paul preached to everybody we are sinful we um, can be woke by the Holy Spirit that the teaching of Christ is about love not about following a religious organized religious statement of faith or organized religious practices it's freedom you know we're Jesus called it freedom it's like I we're like this is a bi- These organized religions are so bipolar because they can teach one week on freedom, and the next week you got to tithe. You know, you got to give ten percent to the church, or you got to be more serious. You got to start doing jack for Jesus instead of like some of you are doing jack for Jesus. You guys better knock that jack for Jesus off and start doing. I don't know what the what's the opposite of doing jack for Jesus. Is it doing? I comically I say it's doing Jill for Jesus, but I just don't know and um the the guy won't doesn't care to listen to me and it won't be effective so what we got to do is we got to put this in a nice book we got to get it in a book and print it and then then though maybe some people will listen because i i can get my complete message out in a book nice nicely developmentally edited to be cool and to get the black slices in place and the outliers and the the gifts and the love and the walking in the Spirit explained, articulated in a good way. So that's what we're after, folks, and uh, uh, the blessing. What what value did I add to you today? I mean, I I just want to, I read Paul, he wants to encourage these folks. So uh, today is, I know the Baptist Church is switching subjects for three weeks to talk about heaven of all places. (laughs) And it'll probably be an encouraging message after just being told that we're materialist pigs, you know. So, last week we're materialist pigs. This week, oh, you're going to heaven. So, it's great, you know. I don't know. Maybe the guy's going to work in materialist pigs while we're going to heaven in there. I don't know. But this is the bipolar part of the organized religion. And it's like they don't even recognize it as a whole. Again, it's like if you just do every Sunday messages, this is what you get. But if you do your own i'm saying take control this is like the entrepreneurial style of spiritual growth be an entrepreneur everybody and but i know the entrepreneur phrase is is cherished and there's also the leadership thing and it's like that message to me doesn't hit the whole distribution because it's like assuming like only certain people are leader leader qualified or capable or entrepreneur capable I think it's just the outlier he you can work for a corporation and be an outlier employee and be balanced you know so I was just talking to the guy who runs and he's works at a big corporation massive American corporation that I used to work at but he's got his job tied in a bow and he can probably do it in 30 20 to 30 hours a week and The rest of the time, he's like running, doing, getting ready for marathons, and you know he's got a work-life balance like that. I don't find that in my life until now. I'm a little bit late, maybe. (laughs) But I'm just so, so. uh, What is the word? Angst. I got so much angst in me about stuff that just doesn't sit right. So I'm just not compliant. So I probably would have had my head cut off by Charlemagne. <laughs> it's a good thing I made it. Our family made it to Ireland because we got got away from Kid Charlemagne or something. And uh, there you go, folks. Have a laugh. That's always good. I don't know why laughter is good, but it only—it's a fleeting thing. This podcast is about to be over, and it's a fleeting thing. You have some enjoyment. I think. I hope I made you laugh. I probably don't even know where your laughing points are but you have some laugh i say some wild ass shit probably sometimes but i think it needs to be heard probably in a better way and uh i take comfort in paul because he (laughs) he said he writes really weighty stuff but like in person he kind of is a lousy speaker so i don't know we can all do better and uh there you go folks 33 minutes, let's keep it short. Bud, I gotta dry off your feet. Have a great Sunday.